0: I'm Sarah Burke, and this is the Women in Media podcast. You've heard the voice of today's guest on a previous episode. Back in September, I curated a panel of women in country music for the Canadian Country Music Association during CCMA Awards weekend in Calgary. And while she was an amazing panelist, we needed at least an hour to cover just her, if not more. I don't discriminate.
1: Music is... It's a language for me, um, a second language, and sometimes my first language. And so, as long as I'm discovering new sounds and new artists, to me, that's what it's about. But recognizing in that moment that I'm going from a hip hop station, which was uh, giving voice to a lot of, you know, communities that otherwise wouldn't have had one, and then switching to
0: country? The episode you're about to hear was recorded before we had actually met in Calgary. She's currently the music director for NCI FM and now Country in Winnipeg, where she also hosts a daily radio show. And she's the host of the MJ Show podcast, where she's interviewing country musicians. Please welcome Morgan James, or as her pals call her, MJ, to the Women in Media podcast.
1: Why, hello, Miss Sarah. This is such an awesome treat. I I love this podcast, so to be able to sit here and chat with you, this is amazing. So thank you for
0: having me. We've known each other for a couple years via email, but this is actually our first time face-to-face. It's really nice to meet you over the internet. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Likewise. So how long have you been in radio? I have been in radio for 10, yeah, 10 years now, which is insane to say.
0: What kind of got you itching to get into radio? There's always a spark.
1: Um, for me, there wasn't uh, a spark or I had no intention, actually, of getting into radio. Um, You're telling me this is an accident? Come on. I. It was a happy... Accident. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was because I, I had just broken up with someone who owned a a business and through that business, I had met um, this wonderful woman. Her name is Linda, Linda Russell, and she was a sales rep at one of the stations here in Winnipeg. And so she came in and and sold us some advertising and we kind of hit it off, uh, Linda and I. So then when my partner at the time and I broke up, I had let her know that I had left the business and that was that. And so we kind of stayed in touch. And then she said, you know, where are you now? And I was like, oh, I went back into retail. And she says, no, 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 no. You need to know. And I remember working at the clothing store I was at and hearing this brand new station. Everyone was freaking out about it. And this pop station and and I remember going, oh, this is pretty cool, like listening to it. And then the next day I had this conversation with Linda and told her where it was. And she says, no, I'm going to call you back. And she called the sales manager at that station and said, I have this girl. She's amazing. She'd be great at sales. Can you do an interview? And the sales manager said, oh, you know, I think we've finished hiring, but sure, have her come in. And so I came in, um, did an interview, about an hour later, I was sitting at McDonald's and I had the sales job. I had the sales job <laughs> in radio. Whoa. Yeah. So it just, like I said, it, I, it wasn't something that I even ever would have considered for myself. I wanted a career in music somehow, but radio was just never, ever it until that moment.
0: <laughs> So funny, eh? Yeah. And I, I find that like after a breakup, you kind of enter a new chapter and it's really good for the soul to have an open heart and just like go with the flow. Yeah. And obviously you did. So where did the sales become like, I know you've done some production on air. You're, you're a music director and a program director now. She is running the show now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, And that story is very interesting too. At the same uh, station... We had just gotten a, a new morning show host and he was looking for a co-host at the time. And And I'm doing my sales thing and I just liked talking to everybody. I, you know, the sales thing was great. I I was good at sales, but I kind of was a slacker at the same time. So I found myself downstairs <laughs> and the morning show host was downstairs with two other guys. And I happened to walk by to go to the, to the ladies room, popped my head in and heard that they were talking about girls they were talking about women these three guys i'm like okay what's happening (laughs) and i walked in and i'm and immediately i'm like you all are fools you have no idea what you're talking about you need a woman in here right now to kind of help because there were there were two older guys and one younger dude trying to give this younger dude some advice and i was like wow this poor guy is going to go out into the world and have no idea what really is the truth about women so I sat down, started giving my opinions, which I am uh, and do a lot. And 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 the morning show guy, without me really realizing what was happening, started kind of directing the conversation, right? He bowed out and would come in only to insert, you know, a question or here. And, but what about this, right? What about that? And I was down there for about an hour and a half, two hours just having this conversation. <laughs> I was supposed to be upstairs making sales calls. And so the next day I got a call from our program director and he said, let's, can we go for lunch to the restaurant around the corner? And I thought, oh my gosh, this is it. I'm going to get fired. I was downstairs. Like I should have been up here doing calls and now, you know, so we go for lunch and he says, you know, um, so-and-so is looking for a co-host, right? And I'm wondering, apparently you had this conversation yesterday, and he's convinced that it should be you. He's like, Can you make, <laughs> can you make talking your job? And I was like, I don't know, but okay, sure. And, you know, just that moment being like, okay. And then a couple weeks later, I was on the morning show. That was the first on-air gig I had. And and but that's how it It happened, yeah, it's crazy, crazy, but... I
0: I mean, you and I have never spoken before, we've only talked through email, and I will say, even before we hit record here, like, very easy to talk to you, you do, you know, you make Uh, it pretty easy.
1: Thank you, thank you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, that's, wow, that's so funny. Totally stumbled into this, and look at you now, so it's been 10 years, uh, you do a, a midday show now, right?
1: Yeah, so I've always done a a morning show. So when I um, left the pop station, I came here to NCI. They gave me a home on what was at the time Streets, and that was the hip-hop station, and then they rebranded to Rhythm, and then when they rebranded uh, Rhythm, I became the music director for that station, and that was doing really well. It was really hard to sell the hip hop station, as good as it was, it was hard to to sell it. And so my it heart broke. Money? Yeah. It, but they said, you know, we're switching it to country. And do you want to on air gig on the country station? I said, I can't I can't go from a morning show host of a hip hop station and then right away do a country st- like that's just not it, it's, it's not going to work for me. But I said, you know, I can do pro- promotions. So they, I stayed and uh, I learned how to do promotions and, you know, was a natural at that. I found myself enjoying promoting this country station, which is now country, what it is now. And then at the time, um, we had a music director and someone else came in to kind of fill in the promo position. And so I kind of found myself in production. <laughs> and then...
0: Which is where I would have come across which
1: you. Exactly. Which is where we first uh, interacted because I was being trained by the, the music director and uh, producer at that time. And unfortunately, he passed as well. And so at that point, I was now in production. So now I'm producing commercials (laughs) and I'm producing the Indigenous Music Countdown. And I'm going, okay. and now I'm doing the music director thing for this country station and NCI. And then I fell in like head over heels in love with how country music was sort of fusing all of a sudden like the timing was just insane because knowing that going from the hip hop station and R&B station it wasn't right and then when it became right it was right when music was shifting in country to where more R&B and those hip hop 808s were starting to appear in country songs and I was like And a
0: lot of really fun like collaborations were popping up. Yes!
1: Yes! And it reminded me of the 90s Sarah it reminded me of like you know your your Nelly and 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 Tim McGraw or you know it just and i was like what's going on and and this is fascinating so that music director thing led to now i'm a morning show host <laughs> again <laughs> on now country and comfortable doing so and and we'll get into that cuz i i struggled um out of the gates with okay. being sort of front and center on the on the station I thought I can't do this anymore. I can't, I can't dedicate uh, myself to the music director position and do a morning show. Something both were suffering. So mm-hmm. I said, you know, I can't, I'm, I'm going to do a midday that way I can do like a full eight to eight to four. Um, split my time. You know, my lunch break, Between I guess is my show. Love. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, and then that's where, that's where I am
0: now and madly in love with, with this station, like yeah. I love this story. There's so many interesting twists and turns. We got to go back before we get to here. How did you feel at the time, being a black woman on a hip hop station, new in radio, stumbled into it, and then oh, we're we're flipping to country?
1: Scared is is uh, an understatement. I was petrified. Like <laughs> I was petrified, and and the reason I say that it was so like the the fear was incredibly consuming was because I felt like I was, it was coming at me from both sides. So I was a really good music director for rhythm and I knew that for me, most people didn't know and are probably starting to understand that about me now. When I say I love music, I mean, I love music. I don't destroy Oh, I can tell.
0: And I've been talking to you for what? 14 minutes.
1: Yeah. I, I don't discriminate. Music is music is it's a language for me, um, a second language and sometimes my first language. And so. As long as I'm discovering new sounds and new artists, to me, that's what it's about. But recognizing in that moment that I'm going from a hip hop station, which was uh, giving voice to a lot of, you know, um, you know, communities that. Otherwise, wouldn't have had one. And then switching to
0: country. <laughs> Predominantly <laughs> he... popular, tons of white people. Yeah.
1: So it it, it it was like a total polarizing thing. So, yeah, petrified because I was not only going to get, I mean, I had people telling me I was a sellout um, from this side. And then I had people, my own at the time, co-workers Giving me these looks and asking me these questions when I was given the opportunity to be a music director. They looked at me. One, one coworker even asked me point blank. So do people like assume that you just like hip hop? And and I, I was like, kind of like what you're doing right now. Like, where is this coming from? You know?
0: Yeah. And,
1: um, and so it was, I, I, I really had a hard time. I struggled for the longest time even before I went on air, so even being behind the scenes as a music director i I always had that sense where okay girl you gotta you gotta you gotta it's time to prove yourself right it's time yeah. to prove yourself and um and at that point I was still very much caring about what other people thought of me you know I I, yeah. I, I still very much was in that state of mind but yeah like it was hard. <laughs>
0: I think a lot of what happens in in media is like you become whatever brand you're working for and you kind of forget to separate the two sometimes, right? That certainly has happened to me. And that's why like a switch in what you're supposed to be attached to is almost like, oh, you're asking me to switch like what I'm about, right? Yes. So sometimes it can be really difficult to adapt in in those situations. It, It definitely took me a while. I was almost like pigeonholed as a rock gal because all I had done was rock radio you know I've talked about this on my podcast so many times but when um my boss at the time asked me hey like do you think you could do some country of course I'm in a new position I'm not going to say no but like in my head I'm like wait is this part of me I don't know and and now (laughs) like years later it's like well I'm so glad that happened because it totally diversified my portfolio if you will right yep yes (laughs) Sarah exactly um
1: Exactly. You you hit the nail right on the head. You you don't know who you you are. I mean, so much of what we do in this industry is a reflection of who we are deep down. And so when you have the, this moment where you're like it was jarring. Who who yeah. am I? So I had to discover very quickly yeah, who I am. And am I going to be am I going to be defined by what I do, what the music that I listen to, the music that I play, the music that, am I going to be defined by that? or am i going to find a way to find myself you know through the change like and and that's what it became it was a a struggle and i feel like only in the last year what people may not realize is even in the last 9 months have i really started to embrace and not be afraid to say yeah i'm doing country and for those of you who don't think that I belong here, from either side, um, from any community, guess what? I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I don't
0: Hell care. Hell yeah. And right. cheers to that. You know, you talked about opposition from both sides. Right. Right. And at first it was like, well, do you get tired of, of people assuming that you only like hip hop? On the countryside, did you meet any opposition uh, from like people who had been in country for a long time? Oh, Yeah.
1: Yeah. One, what uh, last week or a couple weeks back, even. Um, oh my it, gosh! It's it still, and I'll tell you. And and here's the thing. And I want to say this before I tell you and share this story. I've always been the type of person. I grew up in a predominantly white area. I mean, there was like a handful of of black people uh, in my school. Um, so I grew up always being and feeling different and knowing I had to like figuring out a way to fit in the way I had learned to kind of fit in was to okay and and this isn't even just about you know race or anything like that it it, it's who I am at my core I live sort of somewhere in in between I'm always balancing be I can I can see two sides of any story and, and it drives some people nuts that I live on the fence but that I'm just more comfortable there I'd rather not be so dead set over here or so dead set over here. I, I like seeing both angles or many different angles. It probably comes from compassion, compassion, empathy, you know, all of these, all of these things. And that's why I get along with people so well, because I can always see, you know, I, I, I can just always see things from every, every angle. And so being that way growing up afforded me the, the, Opportunity to go. Hmm. Okay. So I didn't always get angry when someone made a comment that was, you know, like a a racial slur, or you know, there was a moment I'm being discriminated against. I I I didn't act angry or react at all. I just kind of took it and went. Okay. So tell me. What's wrong with you that you think that way? Like, or, or you know, like, why like do you being
0: curious th- about why? Yeah,
1: curious. Exactly. I, I, I always wanted to know, like, why do you think this way? You know, um, I, I was able to remove myself, I guess, from whatever or whoever was directing whatever at me. Right. So, going into to answer your question and going into the story two weeks ago, I was at country thunder in Saskatchewan. And I had said to my friend, you know, who I've just now started openly talking about what it's like as a black woman. um, I had said to my friend, you know, as soon as I get there, I'm going to be counting the black people. I'm going to be looking for them. (laughs) (laughs) I'm probably going to be the only black person there and I'm going to (laughs) be counting them. Right. And there was a fear. There was a genuine fear, not not of not of being attacked or someone saying something, but just being alone. No one wants to feel that way, right? Of course. Yeah. No one wants to feel that way. So when we <laughs> we rolled up, of course, I, as soon as we were get, We hadn't even gotten through the gates yet. I see two black dudes walking through. I said, bingo. All right. Two other black dudes are here. We're ready to go. Let's do this, right? And suddenly <laughs> I felt good. Like, the more that I saw... Uh, The more I stopped, again, internalizing it and going, oh, my gosh, like, it's changing. It's changing. Yes. And, of course, don't forget, I'm there to see Morgan freaking Wallen. So, (laughs) right, like, there's that. I'm thinking in my head, oh, Lord Jesus, I cannot post that I'm at a Morgan Wallen concert. Right? Like, I'm freaking out. The whole experience, I'm like, I'm just going to post and talk about Hardy, even though I love Morgan Wallen's music, I can't dare say that because someone's going to attack me. Like, these are all things that nobody, I don't think, or nobody but me is going to think. I had a minor panic attack. My friend calmed me down. The next day, we get into the VIP section, and I'm there to interview uh, Mackenzie Porter and Sean Austin. And... I'm feeling good because, you know, you, you're in the VIP tent at this huge festival and I'm feeling great. And a gentleman comes up to my friend and I. My, my friend came with me to kind of film the interviews and whatever. And he comes up to us and he, he sticks out his hand and he goes, oh, I don't think I've, you know, met you before. I'm so and so. And who are you? And he's talking to my friend who's white. uh assumed that you know what like what station are you from he says, and who are you here with or whatever and my and I'm standing there like he's not even barely acknowledged that, that I'm there. there and my friend goes you know I'm Lori and I'm here with her
0: and I'm her plus one but I
1: exactly and and he kind of you know he i to avoid the uncomfortableness that he was going to feel, I in- instantly stuck on my head and I said, yeah, I'm MJ. I'm from, you know, now country in Winnipeg. And oh, OK, you know, whatever, you know. And then the question becomes and then the question is, have you always been doing this format? Valid question, I guess. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, valid question. No, I started in pop, actually, right? Because you don't want to go, you know, I didn't want to go, no, yeah, I did hip-hop before this. You didn't want to give him that, yeah. I didn't, right? (laughs) But then, you know, my friend said you weren't angry, You just kind of whatever. And I said, because there's no reason to get angry. This is what needs to change. The assumption is what needs to change. This was a moment to change that. And And to help him learn. Yes, and this gentleman, there's, and he was great about it. Like, he didn't even act mortified or maybe he hit it well but he didn't seem mortified because i think that the assumption that's a fair assumption and that's what i mean by sometimes we can be so quick to get so angry and call people this you're a racist and you're this and ah, like it's like whoa is it not a fair assumption though i'm the only black person in the room there's me and then there's a white girl who are you going to assume is on, is there f- to represent a country station. I get it's that. It's not going to be me. Mm-hmm. Sorry, right? And and the flip side of that is, you know, if we were at a hip-hop festival and same two girls, me and my friend, the assumption would be that it's me there, right? Represent. Yeah. So I was not angry at all. and yeah. And he didn't mean anything by it. He just was like... Hey, white girl,
0: country, go, right? It's like, fair enough, <laughs> right? Yeah. And you know what? I- the The fact that he started a conversation, right? Even though it yes. was obviously at a point where he could have started the conversation with both of you is the, the part that bothers me about this, right? Yes. But, but yes. the fact that he was just introducing himself to people, like, we need more yes. of that in general anyway, instead of like Agreed. radio station standoffs, like- Oh, and
1: that's that's the part, Sarah. That's the part that I was like, he came up and was so genuinely excited to meet someone new he hadn't met before, you know? And so like oops, right? You stuck your hand out to the wrong person. Oopsie daisies, right? So but but those those are the things that a lot of people don't wouldn't realize that you know that's unique
0: to your experience.
1: That's very unique, you know. And and as this is, you know, a, uh, a women in media podcast, I mean, I've got it. You know, when we talk about intersectionality, like I, I've got it twofold. You know, yeah. um, there's a certain understanding, you know, between women, which is why I'm so grateful to be with you today, because um, you can understand how I felt in that moment with this gentleman at country thunder because it's the same way I feel when I'm in a room with all dudes and it doesn't matter, you know, they could be people I've worked with my whole life. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and some people don't even realize their own, you know, what's the word, um, chauvinistic.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Narcissistic qualities. <laughs> yes. Here's what's also interesting to me. You're doing the interviews. You're programming music. You're doing a show. Yeah. Why Why would someone not assume you're in charge? Sorry. <laughs> right? You um, can
1: do it all. Because that, that, that's just the way... I mean this industry, I love and hate it. I I I love and hate this industry. I love it more than I I I I hate it. Some days. <laughs> some days. Um some days I despise it. Yeah. But what I love is that it's given me the opportunity to really, really grow and pay attention to it when you think about media, it is a it is it is one hundred percent, for better or worse, a representation of the way the world is, because we're either, you know, shoving what's happening in the world down people's faces, or we're creating what's happening in the world and then shoving it down people's faces. That's <laughs> what, you know, and it's a mirror space. for sure. We all know you look in the mirror. We don't see things the way that they <laughs> actually are. At all. <laughs> That's what's been fascinating about it is being on this side of that, like mm-hmm. figuring out what you want to say and how you want to say it and who you're going to represent here. And, you know, people are like, well, who are you representing? What, what community you're representing? I represent me. That's it. That's the only responsibility I have. And
0: if other people connect to that,
1: cool. If nobody yeah. does, cool.
0: This kind of leads me into one of the reasons that we got connected. I was recording a podcast episode with um, Kezia from Advance. And we get talking about country music and black programmers and opportunities. And then we both together are like searching the depths of our minds being like, is there a black country programmer in this country? And at the time when we recorded, we actually could not think of a name. We did not know a name. Started emailing country music programmers that I know and love and, and asking, hey, do you know anyone, do you know anyone? Genuinely curious, but also like, I would love to hear more about that perspective, right? On this podcast. Yeah. Kezia right away was like, if you find a, a name, you gotta tell me. Here we are, um, Amanda Kingsland gave me your name. Do, do you know Amanda well? Not not well, the name only. Okay. I know that Casio was thinking of you um, for some work coming up with the Canadian Country Music Awards. You know, this comes up once a year, right? It's an annual event. And I got to wonder what's going through someone's mind like yours. Every year, it's almost like a chance to reflect, like, how well have we done? How do you feel about things like Country Music Awards?
1: Well, it's interesting because this year was the first year I actually became a, a CCMA member. And it was the first year that I made it onto the second ballot for Country Radio Personality of the Year. I I looked at yeah. my right. I looked at my name. Didn't make the third, but making the second ballot, I thought that's ten. That's ten names in the entire country. And when I when I saw the list, because I went in to vote and I I looked at the list twice, and I was like, okay, well, oh, this is a tough category. Who am I going to vote for? Right, and I scrolled past my name. Twice, I think, before realizing that it was actually my name. This was a moment for me that felt like a long time coming. At first, it had nothing to do with being a woman or being a Black woman. It had everything to do with... I think I realized in that moment that... For a lot of years, I had not been putting myself out there because I was afraid that I wouldn't be welcomed. Not that anybody in any sort of way had ever made me feel like that. In fact, it's the exact opposite, right? It's been very
0: welcoming. I found that too about the country Very,
1: very welcoming in a way that transcends anything I could have ever thought, but Again, I was af- I was just afraid, like I would never post anything. I would never reach out to people to do interviews, f- let alone share the interview. I, I I was so just, you know, just apprehensive and, and and scared to show myself. Right. And then, like I said, only in the l- last nine months, uh, you know, Dale, Dale Peters in this industry, uh, we connected
0: right away. I love Dale. Um,
1: yeah, he just right away, because he's such a silly, That's
0: he's such silly, a silly guy,
1: <laughs> a silly, silly being. But our our mindset, like, matched instantly. So we struck a friendship right away. And he really became in this industry. No, you're here. And I and he listens to my show every day. And he really helped me understand the Canadian country music scene and that hell yeah i belong hell yeah Yeah. and so after that connection was made with dale I I started to believe that he saw this in me Mm -hmm. and he said no you're 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 breaking boundaries and and that's long before we talk about the fact that you're a woman and that you're black you're you're breaking the rules already you know and 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 changing things um and so he gave me the courage he, he helped me find the courage, rather, to go full steam ahead. And I haven't yeah. looked back. And so in nine months, to go from, okay, you know what? I should be a CCM, CCMA uh, member. Let me throw my name in there. Uh, you know, cool, right? Or just even to be a part of the voting process. That's what it was for me. And it's like, yeah, I, I want to vote, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, this would not be happening if I didn't allow myself and embrace... My power, really. That's what it comes down to, right? We keep ourselves so small. But I would not have been able to get to this place, I I can tell you, without the Canadian country music industry. Love that. And the music.
0: (gasps) (laughs) You're leading me into my next question here. I can tell just from talking to you how great it must be to be interviewed by you. Tell me about a great interview moment with an artist.
1: Oh boy. Oh gosh. I've had, uh, every interview is a great moment. Um, I'll tell you about one. Mikhail Laxton is a phenomenal artist. Um, I connected with his spirit and his music, right? So when I got to talk to him, um, that was really the first interview where I started understanding who I am, right? As a person. I like people. I like getting to know yeah. people. And if I don't understand like I need to understand people. <laughs>
0: yeah. Before and you so, can understand the
1: music. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so that was the that was the first interview that I had done that watching back, I didn't go, oh my gosh. Um, it was just really natural. It was a conversation. And and then from there Karen Kozowski was one where I was physically ill, uh, sick with nerves to do. Oh, really? Um, Yeah, because... To to speak to such a, an incredible songwriter who's written so many amazing songs that I love, you know Tim Hicks and and what a song uh, should do, and to and then Mickey Guyton again that that level right there where it was just like I need uh, to to be able to talk to her
0: about where you probably overprepped so bad <laughs> for that one. I and and
1: it's so funny. It, I wouldn't call it over prep. It, no, it's
0: m- my prep. I
1: <laughs> prep like crazy. Like again. Cause i need to know about people right so um yeah i was i was really nervous about doing that one which turned out to be an incredible um of course with her being from here it was mm-hmm. it was amazing from winnipeg um and then from there sarah i was starting to build that confidence and i reached out to brianna big loud and i was like i need to interview ernest can i get that yeah no problem i was like well, hell yeah. Okay, okay right? yeah. And then, so actually that moment with Ernest was what did it for me, what kind of changed the trajectory for me because Ernest, number one, being so connected to Morgan Wallen and having written that Morgan Wallen, most of the songs on that Dangerous album, which I loved mm-hmm. and still love, it was the first time where I was like, oh gosh, like do I go there? Do I say? Do I buy, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that's where it 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 it, it clicked for me. Absolutely you do. Nothing's Absolutely off limits do.
0: like that. Yeah.
1: Nothing's off limits. You were talking about music and music only. Stay in that lane. And so when we started that interview, one of the first things that I had to ask Ernest was I had read his bio and what drew me to him when I first heard, and this is long before Flower Shops. I mean, we started playing Cheers long before. Okay, okay. Right? And so I had read that he he grew up a rapper and, and liked Space Jam, the Space Jam soundtrack. And I was like, what is this now? You mean to tell me the dude who wrote... The majority of the songs on that Morgan Wallen <laughs> Dangerous album is a rapper. <laughs> what? And and it clicked in for, I thought to myself, look at you go assuming, right? Look at you go assuming. Whoa. And that's where I thought, there's two sides, man. There's two sides. And that's why I thought, if anybody wants to come at me for playing Morgan Wallen, supporting anybody who supports Morgan Wallen, I will have a great conversation with you. Yeah. I will have a great... Like, it hit. Yeah. And I asked him, I asked Ernest, okay, so what was your favorite song on the Space Jam soundtrack? Sarah, do you know he dropped into Hit High and started rapping? <laughs> rapping! And I was stunned. And again, being able to share... It was the first time I shared an interview that I was, I had zero
0: fear. Like a, a it no connected. edit situation. You were like, nope, it's going out as it is.
1: As it is. And you know why? Because it connected my two worlds. It connected for the first time the people who still followed me from rhythm hip hop days and the new followers I had gained with the country station. For the first time, I was seeing a reaction from both sides. I love and it. And I thought, this is this is where we go. So now it's it's gone there, right? So now every interview that I do and everybody anybody that I talk to, it's just it's it's just 100% I'm more relaxed and more calm. It's about getting to yeah. know them um and really digging as deep as I can because that's who I am. So bring it on. Yeah, like it's yeah, it's it's been really crazy fun. It's been really crazy fun.
0: Have you ever got to interview Morgan Wallen? No. So intrigued to hear a conversation between you and Morgan. Like, what do you think you would ask him about how he dealt with that and what he learned? I wouldn't ask him at all. You never would? No? Nope. Nope. And here's why.
1: That situation, and I'll take it back, okay? Because again, I'll take it back to the day that I got a text from our morning show host. Morgan Wallen got into trouble. He said the N word. Oh my gosh, radio stations are pulling all his music. Whoa, what are we going to do? Are we going to play him? Oh my God. (laughs) I have barely had my coffee. And I'm like, what? (laughs) And I love that record. Why'd you do that? Uh Oh, I I was like, I gotta deal with this. I gotta deal with this now. Like that was my first thought. I was like, I haven't even had my Tim's and I gotta deal with this. Morgan Wallen is like right now half of our rotation <laughs> and what am I gonna do? And I gotta fill this like as a as a music director in the business, I didn't even have a second to think about my own personal feelings about it before I was thinking about, oh what do I replace? What do I do? Because my first reaction was, we got to follow Sue. We got to pull him. That yeah. was my first reaction. And it bothered me. Yeah. Something about me feeling that way bothered me. And so I went on the air and I, th- I was sick to my stomach. Of course. Because I love that album. And... And I love and adore Morgan Wallen. And the reason why I do is because he is so flawed. I gravitate towards people who are messy and who aren't afraid to say, oopsie, you know, I'm kind of a disaster. My friends are disasters. Sorry, I love you all. But you're disasters. (laughs) And I connect better with people who are messy than people who are are seemingly perfect. Actually, those people scare the ish out of me. They 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 I feel like something something is hiding in a closet somewhere that we're going to find out on Dateline was there the whole time. Like when I meet people who are perfect. So Morgan Wallen was that artist for me where he was just a a 20 something year old. Let's face it. No offense to guys, but he's a 27 year old dude at the, you know like yeah. And he's a country star and he's you know And so when I went on the air, I knew I had to talk about it. It was like, do I talk about it? Do I not talk about it? I knew I had to, um, because people are going to be looking to, number one, we're an Indigenous-owned station. So conversations about race and systemic racism and whatever is very much present. Um, So I couldn't ignore it. I wanted to. Um, But when I got on air, I thought, okay, what am I going to say? And so I said... I'm a fan of Morgan Wallen. I heard what happened. Listen, we all know that that word has a history of hate. We all know that even though rappers use it,
0: mm-hmm. come
1: on, like what are you doing, right? Morgan Wallen, you're kind of an idiot. You know, what are you doing? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, get inside your house if you're going to say stupid shit like that. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, but on the flip side, I also said this cancel culture, you've got all these stations jumping on board to cancel him and take out off his music. But I asked the question on air and I said, how many of these people, how many of the organizations, program directors, and music directors actually took the time to sit down with each and every one of the radio personalities who are now having to go on the air and say, we're not playing Morgan Wallen, we're taking them off? How many music directors and program directors? talked about it with them and had the conversation about why they thought it was wrong, so wrong for, for for them to pull his music. Nobody. It was reactionary. It was let's he's gone. It was more about we're gonna get in shit, people, pardon my language. We're yeah, gonna yeah, get in yeah.
0: trouble. You say shit as much as you want by the way. <laughs> Thank you, because I have to You're all round um, up. You got it. <laughs>
1: It, it was more about, and this is across the board, and i'm I'm assuming here, but it was more about we don't want to get in shit if we keep playing him. so let's take him off. It wasn't about whether or not what he said was right or wrong. That's not what it was about, Such and that's a good what canceled point. culture, yeah. and I, and I thought, you know, because it was for me, my first reaction was, we gotta pull him before even going, Whoa, do you agree that he should be pulled? Because to be honest with you, and I've said this to people and I've had this conversation with people who have said to me, you listen to Morgan Wong? Yep-a-do. And I vote Proud and they go, too. Ooh. yeah, and they go, Ooh, that's, oh, yeah. he's a racist. I was like, listen, okay. First of all, do you know what it's like to walk down the street and have someone, or walk in in the bay and have someone say to you and your mother, "Go back to Africa where you're from"? No, you don't. Do you know what it's like to have your father and brother accosted and 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 called the n word just riding their bikes because and paying them? Out? No, you don't. So when you t- when you when you've actually lived it, um, and then you you take into consideration what's what the actual scenario was. Um, with him, I'm not going to throw the word racist out so quickly until I'm just not going to do it. I'm the comment it.
0: was racist. Is he racist is the question you're asking.
1: And that's the question I'm asking, right? That's the question I'm asking. And for me, I live my life, Sarah, with, with two things. Really one intent, intent. We are all going to get hurt. Someone's going to hurt us. I'm going to hurt somebody my question is always, in those moments when I'm hurting someone or someone's hurt me, did you intend to? Did Was it your intent to make me feel smaller than you? Was it your intent to make me feel badly? Because if the answer is no, I did not intend to, I was kind of not thinking... It just kind of came out that way, or you know, if that's the case, I will still feel hurt, But I cannot hold that against somebody.
0: I can't. You'll be able to find forgiveness if you know that there was not intent.
1: It always comes down to intent for me, yeah. And when I look at the Morgan perfect example, I said to somebody again, I was having a conversation with with the, uh, uh, you know, a couple of black friends, and this conversation came up. I said, "Can we first of all start talking about R. Kelly, please? How 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 long was he doing what he was doing? And we were still playing everyone ignition. Right? The ignition remix was on every station for years after we knew what he was up to. I don't know. Sounds to me like he intended to hurt people. So again. Can each side for one second, for one second, look at each other and go, "Ooh, okay. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I just feel like we can find some common ground somewhere. And so yeah. I actually that day played Morgan Wallen after I had this whole, you know, statement. I played Cover Me Up and I said, you know what? I hope that one day he will grow mm-hmm. and live up to the power of this song because it's my favorite song. And I played it, and boy, did I get off the air, Sarah. And I was like, okay, I'm looking at my emails. I'm like, oh my god, I'm going to travel. <laughs> not a, not a, not a peep. No one's complaining um, about something like that. You're being real, but intent. So when you ask me if what would I would I go there with Morgan? Um, no, I would not bring it up. It do, for me, it doesn't need to be brought up. For me, he knows what he knows. Yeah. And people like, oh, he didn't pay for nothing. He he's walking around. He's still making it. The dude paid. The dude paid. He was he was embarrassed more than that. Ashamed. You could you could see the man. He had to have conversations. And you know what it was for me, Sarah. He had this conversation with an ABC whoever it was, interview a black man, and he asked Morgan, you know, is that a word you use? And Morgan said, only with certain buddies. And I know that's not, you know, some people will be like, oh, my God, she's laughing at that. For me, it was like this, this dude, he just was so honest. He was like, yeah, with certain buddies. And come on, if we're really being honest with ourselves, how many things have every each and every one of us said in the comfort and the privacy of our own homes? or just with not got that caught. We-
0: yeah, yeah. Exactly. How many people are saying those things anyway, but just when they don't think anyone's listening. And when he said it, he when he
1: openly said, yeah, just with certain people. Like,
0: <laughs> like the oh dude also God. just needs time to grow up. That's a part of this yeah, whole thing.
1: Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> he can't not be himself. He can't not be himself. And I thought that, you know,
0: because everyone's like, oh, see, see. Ooh, I'm like, S- don't scare me. I feel like I could talk to you for hours, honestly, but... <laughs> Likewise. You know what? We might just have to be friends. It's fine. But after all that you said in your full circle here with radio, I got to wonder too a bit about rhythm stations. There's nothing in Canada right now that stands out. And we just in Toronto, I'm sure you heard it, you know, over the last year, lost Flow 93, which was one of those last standing. How how yeah. do you feel about that? Could you ever see yourself trying to build something back up? Because I know you love that music too.
1: Um. Yes. That is one of my goals one day. That is one of my goals. Um perfect. Let's put that I, out
0: in the universe because yeah, you know Oh, it's yeah.
1: Yeah, it's it's out there because I think and and here's what's fascinating, Sarah. I think that um what I'm doing, I think what I've done for myself is and for people who you know follow me and and whatever is that I feel like I've bridged the gap at least for myself. There there's no longer separation. Um, it's more about mood and feeling and ex- expressing these moods and feelings than it is, oh, I like hip hop. Oh, I like jazz. Or Like, it's all the same. Right. If your ultimate goal is togetherness, inclusivity, uniting, then the only, the, 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 in my opinion, the first and only way to do that is through music. It has nothing to do with color. It's becoming 2022. It's becoming united and to turn on the tv and and see breland you know performing songs like praise the lord with thomas Rett hearing that church that gospel influence into country do people not know where country music started do people not know how country music came to be and that's not to say because people are like oh black people started it okay <laughs> <laughs> Okay. But what I'm saying is, if you stop and think about it, when we talk about the South, uh, especially in the States, right? This is the sound. Okay, great. But it was rock and roll. You had rock and roll. You had, you know, um, soul. You had, I mean, you go down to Nashville and it's like a mosh pit of, of sounds, right? Like, so it, it just boggles my mind that people are surprised that it's going this way. And then not even that far back. You don't even have to go that far back, Sarah. Well, you can go probably for you and me to the 90s and go in the 90s. Man, I was listening to everybody from Alanis Morissette to Darius Rucker to Green Day to um, Puff Daddy to Spice Girls. <laughs> it was a disastrous, beautiful mosh pit of music. It was everything. Right? At the same time, you had Shania and Garth and whatever. Like, there was no separation. The children of the 90s did not give a shit about anything except for the music. Like, come on. We had free thinkers like Kurt Cobain coming out and telling everybody, oh, you know, even Marilyn Manson, for goodness sake, was putting out things that was making you think, right? Like, And challenging, the, rage against right? Like, yeah. challenging the system that wants us to be divided, right? Like, so come on! If we can't be together where it matters, which is music and art and expression and whatever, then we don't have a shot. And so, in country music, I am so proud to be in the genre. Country music has just opened my heart wide open. Um, but and and yeah that's why i'm proud i'm proud because this shift that's happening isn't just a music shift it's a systemic shift right it's a glow it's a for north america especially Mm -hmm. um it's a wake up call Mm -hmm. people so and the canadian country music scene especially the canadian country music scene um has the best opportunity, I think, because we we are in it we are realizing some things about ourselves in this country that are not so pleasant. We're looking in the mirror. Not so pleasant. Yep. Oh gosh. So <laughs> so yeah, things are things are shifting and it excites me. People some people are scared, not me. I'm
0: excited. Oh my God. <laughs> I don't even know how to close this podcast after the keynote speech you just gave. Please go <laughs> Honestly, I have one more question. Um, for sure. Yeah, with the indigenous owned NCI network that you work for, um, and I ask this from a curious place because, you know, I sort of got this at SiriusXM when I was programming the indigenous channel. You know, do you get the questions about, well, are you even indigenous? Like, why does this make sense? You don't. I love that. Never.
1: Never. Hmm. Um, in certain scenarios maybe like you know if we needed to, like when when the 215 um i didn't feel i it, it was my place to speak on certain aspects of of course what was happening i could only speak towards what uh, from my perspective what it was making me feel like but we have Indigenous, you know, staff and on-air staff that I felt, you know, not that this is their story. Because, I mean, I spoke with Donna Amaro and Kyle McKierney recently and um, about their song. And I was a nervous wreck about that, too. Really? Yeah. And 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 because I wanted to make sure that I didn't take away from their message by inserting my per- perception. Um But I needed to make it clear to both of them when we were talking that this isn't an indigenous community conversation. This is all of us to say it's indigenous history means that every other person is removed from what happened throughout history. Mm -hmm. We are not. Yeah we are different cogs in the wheel like you know we are different whatever a part, but we are very much a part of the story and so i wanted to make sure in talking to them about it that 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 is how i felt but it also didn't take away what it meant for indigenous people yeah or to indigenous people of course and so but never to answer your question sarah have i ever felt and i and again being a member of a minority
0: group, right.
1: there's a level of understanding there. Yeah. There's a level of understanding. And and again, this is my home. I found a home at NCI where I've been able to flourish as, as exactly who I am that I would not have had anywhere else. Right. In this market and safe to say throughout Canada. Mm. Yeah. NCI has given me a home. This is my family, yeah. and so no, I've never dealt with that. I've I've never heard it. <laughs> I've never heard. It. I've never. I've never heard it outwardly, but I certainly don't. I don't feel that that's the uh, Dave, David McLeod has has you know um, supported me and really been a champion, uh, you know, uh, for me uh even though we've disagreed on many things it's a healthy relationship uh, (laughs) exactly but there is a mutual respect there because of that Mm -hmm. you know so yeah i I, know i've never i've never felt that and i'm grateful for that Mm -hmm. grateful it's a good question
0: before we wrap um I would like to know who you would want to nominate to come on the podcast. Um, I asked you to think about some women that you admire in the industry and uh, a lot of names you actually mentioned uh, already. You know, some of those women have not been on here yet. Who you got?
1: I have to say Linda Russell. I mean, oh gosh, she started in the 80s and as a salesperson. And in the 80s in radio where like men... We're still hey there, toots, and openly smacking your booties, right? Like, (laughs) how do you even navigate that, right? This and she's a tiny, tiny, you know, cute little, you know, blonde woman, and and how do tough as nails, tough as nails. Okay, I nominate her. She's she's by far the first person that came to my mind because she, um, I believe so. She's kind of bounced around lately. She's retired. She's 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 in Costa Rica doing her thing. But she's she I. Uh, you'll figure it out better than I can, but my memory, if memory serves me, she she understood this business and she was also like a personality as well back in the day, but she really, went, she understands this business and she taught me, even though I didn't listen at the time, um, what it meant to be a woman in this uh, industry. And I'm smiling.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, what's going on in that head of yours right now?
1: <laughs> well because it's interesting and i say this and i don't know if i should but um because i mean it's funny because women talk about being treated a certain way by males you know especially that like i said the toots and the hey doll and especially if you're good looking Mm -hmm. oh my gosh the assumption is like oh my gosh um but pros and cons to everything and when you work in an industry where, you know, men are men, um, you can either fight it all the time or you can find a balance and make it work for you. Mm-hmm. And Linda taught me that. Embrace the feminine things. Right. And, and, and if you can't embrace that part, I mean, it's different than being, like I said, slapped on the on the on the ass. There's and, a line.
0: <laughs> you
1: no. Know, yeah, there's a line, you know, people asking me with oh, them, oh, so you and your co-host, you guys must be sleeping together.
0: No, dude, like, no. Oh, well, this story I'm, in the book, no. Nah.
1: No. Yeah, so, but yeah, like, yeah, Linda Russell's one for sure. Uh, Krista Morand is another woman that I worked with uh, in the pop station and she's, she's um, a really fascinating uh, woman in media um, I met her at, like I said, 10 years ago at the pop station. She was midday. She had just come back from Ottawa because she had just gotten her master's in something or other. That's I can't okay. remember. She'll, she'll, she'll forgive me, um, for not remembering that. But she had also done rock and she had, um, she loves doing interviews. She's a voice actor now as well. And, but musically, oh my goodness. She does rock, eat, rep- repeat, repeat on Instagram so she uh, does like a blog fascinating writer she writes for our papers here and, and things oh my like God, that I want to check her out yeah yeah Rocky repeats. so she I mean this, this girl when you talk about obscure like punk all that stuff um, her wedding invitation was a poster for goodness sake a freaking <laughs> punk rock poster she's one of my favorite people okay. and she just yeah she's inspiring
0: i feel like we definitely need to find a way to hang out in person when uh when we find ourselves in the same province or whatever (laughs) thank you so much i know you have a huge weekend ahead with programming so thanks for making the time sarah i
1: want to thank you very much uh for giving me the opportunity to be on this side of the conversation loved it um I'm pretty sure I talk too much in most of my interviews, anyways, about
0: myself. <laughs> hey, that's what every PD has ever said to me. This happens. You were also the kid that talked in class? Yep. Yeah. Well I do what I do. So, but no, thank you. I appreciate you so much, Sarah. You really you are you are an inspiration as well. So thank you. I've got all of MJ's info in the episode notes. If you want to check out the MJ show podcast or any of her work, and I can't wait to see what she does next. Up next here on the Women in Media podcast. I'm excited to interview Christine Simpson of Sportsnet. She's been reporting in hockey rinks around this country for decades, and you'll hear more about that on the next episode. Until then, thanks so much for listening.
1: Hi, I'm Emily Roger. Find us on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or at BoilingCoinPodcast.com.
0: This podcast is distributed by the Women in Media Podcast Network. Find out more at WomenInMedia.network.